Um, over the last couple centuries, we've been going through the book of Luke, and we've been talking about what the themes are in the book of Luke, the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God, and that Jesus cares for the outcasts of society, and he cares for the poor and the destitute and the lowly and people who have been shut out from society. And uh, we, we landed in chapter 4 the last time we talked, and this is just after Jesus' baptism. You'll remember that he's, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And we said last week that, listen, just because you have Jesus in your heart, it doesn't mean that you're not going to face opposition from the enemy. But you can resist the devil just like Jesus did if you are filled with the Holy Spirit if you can stand firm by knowing the Word. And so that was a challenge. The challenge was simply get into the Word, right? Like dive into the Word. You, you can't afford not to be in the Word because if you are, if you can get into the Word, if you can know your Word, the enemy of your soul will flee from you if you know your word well. And then at the end of the temptation section, the devil left at an opportune time. I mean, he wasn't done yet. He was going to return to tempt him some more and do his evil work. And this is where we pick up the story. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 14 onwards. Luke four fourteen. And if you don't have your Bible, you can just look up on the screen. Verse 14, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all of the surrounding district, and he began teaching in their synagogue and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all of the eyes and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to, to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all who were speaking well of him and wondering, and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips, and they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? We'll just stop there for a second. So at this point, Jesus is becoming pretty popular. And he's teaching at different synagogues around Galilee. And now he's at his hometown in Nazareth. And he's the guest speaker for the day, and he reads this part of the scripture that's found also in Isaiah. And, and this is really important to Luke. This statement that Jesus is about to make, this marks the beginning of his teaching ministry. And this is Jesus' mission statement right here. And so as you begin to start thinking about Christmas, 
this year, you need to understand that what we celebrate is not just that he came, but it's why he came. This Christmas, we need to celebrate the mission that he had. Verse 18, this is what his mission was, to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. You know, there's, there's a lot of us who we live these defeated lives. There's a lot of people who walk through these doors and you look as though you've been hit by a Mack truck. There's a lot of us who, who walk in day in and out as if our life is joyless. Far too many of us live without the peace of Jesus in our lives. Far too many of us live without purpose, without mission, without a ministry even. And I want to tell you that the solution to all of these things is the infilling of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the power of God's Holy Spirit that will make all the difference for you. See, in everything that Jesus did, he did through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You remember in the last section, we read that Jesus was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness, and he was there tempted by the devil. And now it says that it was the Spirit that led him to return to Galilee, and he's in Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's Jesus, and Jesus welcomed the Holy Spirit in his life. Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit in his life. Jesus allowed the Holy Spirit to be his constant companion, his friend, his guide. Over and over again, Jesus makes it plain, and Jesus makes it pretty clear, we need the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus was so dependent on the Holy Spirit, for wherever he went, for whatever he did, for whatever he said, then you and I need to throw all of our dependence on the Holy Spirit. For wherever we go, whatever we do, and for whatever we say. So I want to ask you this question this morning. Do you depend on the Holy Spirit? How do you depend on the Holy Spirit? Are you seeking to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you even trust the Holy Spirit? At this point in that section, everyone around Jesus is amazed at what he's saying. And then they say, hey, isn't isn't that Joe's boy? At first, they're really impressed with all the things that that he says and all the things that he's teaching. I mean, set us free from Rome? Yeah, I'm in. Give sight to the blind? Like, come on. And then Jesus goes on to say some more stuff. Verse 23. No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we did was done at Capernaum. Do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly, I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his own hometown. But I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, 
when a great famine came over all the land. And yet, Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. And then all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up, and they drove him out of the city, led him to the brow of the hill in order to throw him down the hill. But passing through their midst, he went on his way. We'll just end there. You know, the Jews expected the Messiah to come and minister to them. The Jews expected the Messiah was going to come and free them from oppression. And they expected the Messiah was going to come and he was going to heal them. He, they expected the Messiah to come and start a brand new, incredible, amazing kingdom that included only them. They expected that when the Messiah came, these evil Gentiles would be conquered once and for all. But instead, Jesus, who just told this group that he's the Messiah, he says that his calling would be fulfilled by showing kindness to the Gentiles. And the people aren't happy about it. In fact, his words begin to fill them with rage because he's saying that God was going to reach out to both the Jews and the non-Jews. And that didn't meet the expectations of the Messiah. And so Jesus would go on and he would talk about the days of Elijah and he would talk about the days of Elisha. And these are days that are known for its wickedness. And so basically, Jesus is saying to the people in the synagogue, he's saying, you're as unbelieving as the people of the northern kingdom of Israel during that time. And the people get up, and they get angry, and they drive him out of town, and they went to throw him off a cliff to kill him, but because it's not his time to die, he just passes through the crowd. Jesus' explanation of the Messiah didn't meet the expectation of the people. And I want to ask you a question in dealing with all of that. What are your expectations of Jesus? We have this expectation that he'll save us out of this mess, right? He'll get us out of that bankruptcy. He'll save us out of that marriage problem. He'll, he'll save us out of that school issue. He'll, he'll get us out of that immigration thing that we're dealing with right now. He'll heal us from that sickness. But what happens when he doesn't meet your expectation? And now you're still stuck in that sticky situation. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you're still headed towards bankruptcy. Your, your marriage is still headed towards divorce or or you're still suffering from some illness or some sickness. I mean, Jesus didn't meet your expectation. Are you ready to be done with him? At the end of the day, these people didn't want Jesus to interfere in their lives. They didn't want to hear what the Savior of the world had to say. I want to ask you today, is that you? 
I mean, you like Jesus. You want Jesus, but, but you want him only on your terms. It's like, look, Jesus, there are some things that I need. There are some things that I want, and I need you to do those things or else I walk. It, it was only minutes that their admiration for Jesus turns into this murderous rage at church. Because Jesus wasn't going to deliver the way they wanted him to. Does that describe you this morning? Like, Jesus, I like you. I want to follow you, but it's got to be on my terms. And, and if I can't get what I want from you, I'm not going to follow you. If I can't get what I want from you, then I'm done with you. This morning, I want to tell you that following Jesus to get something is not the type of relationship Jesus is looking for. Jesus doesn't want to be your get-out-of-jail-free card. What sort of relationship is that anyways? But what God expects from us is that we trust him. In the good times, we trust his faithfulness. In the really tough times that we're dealing with, we, we trust his faithfulness. In, in those situations that we don't understand and we don't get, we just trust the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. And maybe one day the Holy Spirit will reveal to us why we had to go through that difficulty that we're in right now. Maybe one day he'll show us why we had to experience the hardships and the pain and the suffering and the confusion that we're dealing with right now. Maybe the Holy Spirit will reveal all of that to us because we choose to trust his great faithfulness. That, that in the midst of our expectations not being met, his own dear presence will cheer and will guide and will bring strength for today, and will bring bright hope for tomorrow with blessings that are all mine, with 10,000 beside. Great is the faithfulness of our God. That is total surrender. That is complete surrender to the Lord, trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit even when we don't get our own way. Trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit, even when it doesn't make sense. Trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit, even when we don't understand everything. Trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit, even when it hurts. I'm going to ask Tim to come as we begin to close the service this morning. The Lord Jesus, he reads his mission statement. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to preach, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And so through the rest of the book of Luke, we'll see how Jesus will come and reach out to the poor and 
how he'll proclaim freedom and give sight to the blind and release oppressed people and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The favorable year of the Lord. This is, this is his comparison to the year of Jubilee that's found in the Old Testament. What would happen is every 50 years, Israel was commanded to participate um, in this year of Jubilee. And in that year, all slaves were set free. And in that year, all debts were to be canceled. All property was supposed to be returned to its original owner. And all of the people were supposed to rest. Things that were taken were restored. Can you imagine if someone came to you and they said, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of your mortgage. Can you imagine if someone said, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of your car loans. I'm going to take care of your student debt. I'm going to take care of your credit card debts. I'm going to take all of these things. Imagine someone came by and they said, listen, it's paid in full. Like all of your debts are canceled. That's the year of Jubilee. And Jesus comes and he says, I'm coming to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. You know, Scripture tells us that you and I, we have this debt that we need to pay. It says that the wages of sin is death. When we mess up before God, there's a debt to pay, and it's death. And it's because of our sin that we've lost our inheritance in heaven. All of us, we've made these bad choices. We've all incurred this enormous debt because of our sin. And, and this sin has held us in bondage. And there's a lot of people here today who maybe you're in bondage because of your sin. Maybe it's alcohol or drugs or lust or gambling or Maybe it's some eating addictions. Maybe it's bitterness. I mean, maybe it's anger. There are some people here today who are so bound by your sin that you have no freedom in your life. But that's why Jesus came. This is the year of Jubilee. And Jesus wants you to know that this morning, that he came to set you free from your sin. He came to set you free from the bondages of sin and death. He came to set you free from captivity. He came to open your blind eyes. He came to forgive you of your sins and cancel out your debt forever. See, when Jesus went to that cross, he he took your sin upon himself and he took your sickness and your worries and your anxieties. He took all of that upon himself so that you didn't have to pay that debt. And Jesus is saying to you this morning, I canceled it all out. I canceled it all out with my blood. I absolve you. I forgive you. I cleanse you. And you are innocent. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
this morning. Hey, maybe you know this Jesus and you've walked away. Let this be a year of jubilee for you. Go to the Lord this morning and ask him for forgiveness and and then live in the freedom of Jesus. And there are some of you here this morning who are saying, man, I need Jesus to do something for me. I've been allowing some things in my life and I've been a prisoner to my sin. I need my debt canceled. I need my sins washed clean. And I need this forgiveness from Jesus. If that's you, then let this be your year of jubilee. You can be set free. You can have a new and free life in Jesus Christ. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart or into your life, or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I'm just going to ask that you pray this prayer in your heart right now. Dear Jesus, I don't understand everything, but I open up my life to you. Jesus, I need new hope. I need new direction. I need new strength. Jesus, I need you. Would you forgive me for all of my wrongdoings? Forgive me for looking in all the wrong places. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose again. And this morning, I thank you for loving me. Today, I sincerely say, come into my life. Make me a new person. I want to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? We're going to go to the Lord today. And we're going to ask him for this renewed infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we need to just surrender our hearts and our minds before the Lord today. And ask that the Holy Spirit would fill us up to overflowing. That he would send us on mission. That he would send us in ministry. That he would give us purpose and meaning in our life. There are those of you who know Jesus here today. There are those of you who follow him. And you've been searching for purpose. And you've been searching for meaning. You've been searching for ministry. And I want to tell you, just wait on the Holy Spirit. Just take some time right now. Seek the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. He will give you purpose. He will give you meaning. He will give you mission. As Tim begins to lead us, if you need prayer, our prayer team is here to pray with you. If you prayed that prayer in your heart, I'm going to ask that you would come forward, pray with one of our altar team members here today. If you need a healing, we want to trust and believe for a healing in your life this morning. But let's seek the Lord today.